hearing the word of the Lord. And I hear the voice of Ezekiel prophesying to these dry bones. Live again, live again. Those who are sleeping, those in the grave, live again, live again. Those who are sleeping, those in the grave, live
Good morning, everybody. This Monday morning, the 18th of December, in the year of our Lord, 2023, this is Sister on Scripture. Today, we're going to pick back up in Ezekiel chapter 37 with verse 8, and we may go back just a tad um, since it's been a few days, um, but this is a, a very big chapter in the book of Ezekiel, and really, um, in all of the Bible, because this is, this is against, God is showing how you can have a body that moves around, but it's still lifeless without the breath, and um, we're also talking about, like, revival, and how if we want revivals, we're going to have to revive our reverence for the Word of God, if we want conversions and things to change, we've got to put more of God's words into what we're speaking. Um, and, you know, like the winds, with the four winds, there were, you know, that's also relative to when we pray, that breath of life comes out. And so, you know, you're speaking life or death. You're speaking his word or hell's word. And so it's very important. So we've got to put more thought into what, even if we want to, you know, fair, paraphrase it, because it's hard to remember all of this scripture. I mean, to remember verbatim what it says, it is hard. Um, but we can, and it, it's better if we can put it into our own words, because then we have it down we understand that principle that concept that god was trying to teach us and here he's teaching how you know what we speak is life or death scott's talked about speaking life um and it's true what we speak even no matter how how it comes out how we think it is it has meaning and it has importance and so like with praying praying is we're speaking to god that's the breath of life going out of us to our Father, our Creator. And, excuse me, got a little scratchy throat this morning. And so in verse 5, um, thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, that you may come to life. Breath is also another word for spirit. And so God is saying to the dead bones, those dry bones, that he's going to speak that breath into you. He's going to give that breath to enter you so you can come to life. The Holy Spirit is going to dwell inside of you 
and all of these bones are going to live. So this is that, you know, there, and this is a valley of dry bones. So it's a, it's a valley of disgraced bodies because they weren't allowed a burial. And these bones are just, you know, they're trying to, they're just lifeless. Like they, there's va a wide valley of it. Just all, all Ezekiel can see in this vision that God brought him to was, was death. And that's all we call it, Death Valley. Verse 6, And I will put sinews on you, make flesh grow back on you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you that you may come alive, and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, sinews were on them, and flesh grew, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So the bones, you know, they're going through the stages of revival. Um, there's the stirring, the assembly, the sinews and flesh, but there's, you know, the skin's there, but... It's, it's awaiting the breath of God. It's awaiting the breath of life. Life comes from God. That's the only place life comes from. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they come to life. And I'm going to take us way back to the beginning in Genesis. We're going to go to Genesis 2, 7. Way back when. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Without the breath of life, there is nothing. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life, and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. There's a resurrection here happening. It's, it's symbolic of recreation and revitalizing of the nation as a whole. Uh, the Holy Spirit has come in and are getting they're they're coming to life now with that breath of with the breath of life because God had proclaimed for Ezekiel to speak the breath of life into them to speak the holy spirit into them and he's promising he's going to bring flesh upon the bones cover them with skin and God's going to once again make the dead bones live and you know God's already asked Ezekiel um, back at the first part of Ezekiel 37, verse 3, can these dry bones live? And Ezekiel's like, God, only you know.
All of this combined is a work of revival. It's restoring life to something that at one time had life. It's not the creation of life from nothing. It's the restoration of life to something that had been long dead. And like with, with us going, you know, through our lives, being disciples of the word and preaching the word, you know, we're, God is using us. We're not doing it on our own. God and the Holy Spirit is moving in us, radiating through us and touching those that God wants us to speak with and to touch and to, to guide in whichever way God wants to use us. That's what's going to happen. And that's what, you know, that's why we have the ability to be restored. And we're about to see the promise that God's going to give them. He's going to explain the vision and then, um, the promise and the rest of the restoral of Israel because Israel right now is just in shambles. It's, you know, the very first part of Ezekiel one through, um, 34, he's explaining to them what they've done wrong and, and how they've sinned and that they can't sin anymore. God is requi requiring now a total restoration. And it's kind of like, um, with revelation it really kind of mirrors revelation to me and the fact that god is is declaring judgment on the nation on the land and god is going to you know he's going to restore them just like he restored us but only through repentance can we be restored we can't be restored any other way we could do whatever we want to try to do in the flesh but unless you've repented you're not restored and once you repent you are restored that is the word of god the word of god says that if we seek him and and profess with our mouths to jesus to god of our sins we we confess that's part of the abcs accept jesus believe that he was uh not only died for our sins, but was resurrected from the dead and is our Lord and Savior, and then confess. That's the ABCs. Once you confess those sins to him in repentance, that sin is forgiven. You are washed clean by the blood, washed it white as snow. Um, so now the vision explained, verse 11. Then he came to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are completely cut off. And they are there. They've, they've lost everything. They are completely cut off. They have... Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. They have, they've been stripped of everything. They've been taken back from what they knew and are having to, you know, rebuild, just like we're rebuilding here. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up Charlie saw a cat out the window. 
from verse 12 again. I'm going to apologize for that, guys. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves, my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. See, God's proclaiming the dead's going to raise just like Jesus did. But this was prior to when Jesus, um, his resurrection. So God right here is already raising, he's raising the dead. I think I've got him settled. Then you will know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, my people. See, God's word has very supernatural power. There's, you know, there's nothing that can't be done unless God proclaims it to be. And allows it to be. And this right here, this shows how powerful his word is. He is raising people from the dead. And see, when it happened with Jesus, Jesus said that we can go and do those same things, the same works that he did if we are in him. And if we are in him, we aren't sinning. We're not wanting to sin. If we do sin, we we have to accept that and we have to confess that we did. And... um make amends to God for that and how we feel convicted in our heart by God but then we go and sin less it's not that we're completely free from sin but we try not to sin and just like Peter was able to or not Peter Paul made the man walk um yes we're not slaves to, to sin and so you know, when we repent of those sins, we are made, you know, I've compared it to Swiss cheese. Every time we sin, we're like the holes in the, in the cheese. And eventually we become from whole cheddar to Swiss cheese. I like cheese. And when we repent of those sins, that restoration that happens, that hole gets filled again. And, and Jesus, you know, if you repent, if you you can't just repent to, you know, get forgiveness. You have to be coming from a place of honesty because God knows our heart better than we know our heart sometimes. He, we're not hiding anything from him. Nothing under the sun are we hiding from God. He created us. He made us this way. It's kind of like your children, you know, your children trying to think that they can do things and that mom or dad won't know. And it's like, well, you're little miniature versions of ourselves. We know. God knows. We're not hiding, you know, anything from him. Verse 14. And I will put my spirit within you, and you will come to life, and I will place you on your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. God's giving this promise that he's going to restore them, that there's going to be that revival. There's no, you know, without the without God doing this, there's it, it means nothing. But God doing this, the people are going to be restored again. The people are going to come back to life. These dry bones, this desolate place is going to be made new. Just like we're made new the day that we are saved by Jesus, and we are baptized. 
our bodies, our flesh dies when it goes into the water. But when you come up out of that water, you're arisen in Christ. You are a new person. The old has died. The new is here. And the whole purpose for that baptism is to show others that even before, you know, you don't have to have, I'm not going to say that. No. With a baptism, it's, it's expressing to others what you've already gone through inside. And so, you know, you're rising up kind of like these dead bones. You're coming back to life. The, yes, outward expression of being born again. You're coming back to life and, and these dry, your dry bones are living again. You may not be a, a skeleton that you see. You see flesh on you. And just like with here, you know, there was flesh on those bones. They had muscle, they had tissue, but they still didn't, they didn't live. Until we're born again, we don't, we don't truly live. And then when we live in Jesus, oh man, is it easy? Not always, but it's a whole lot better than the alternative, in my opinion. I don't think that's in my opinion. I think that's in, like, that's just fact. Verse 15, the word of the Lord came to, came again to me saying, and you son of man, take for yourself one stick and write on it for Judah and the sons of Israel and uh, his companions. Then take another stick and write on it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim and all the house of Israel, his companions. Then join them for yourself, one to another, into one stick, that they may become one in your hand. And when those sons of your people speak to you, saying, Will you not declare to us what you mean by these? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will take the stick of Joseph, which is in the hand of Ephraim, and the tribes of Israel, his companions, and I will put them with it, with the stick of Judah, and make them one stick, and they will be one in my hand. And the sticks on which you will write, on which you write, will be in your hand before your before their eyes. Mary Ellen, yeah, we are born in water and then reborn in water. I just want to note that, you know, God has promised um, several other times in different passages of bringing them of uh, the revival of Israel and the restoration of their land. In Ezekiel 36, 24, he discussed it. 36, 28, he was discussing it um, and made sure that the people knew, hey, I'm going to do this. I have said I'm going to do this. That's what I'm going to do. Joseph was the father of Ephraim and Manasseh. And I know I probably said that name wrong. The two dominant tribes in the northern kingdom. Of these two, Ephraim, the younger son, dominated northern politics from the beginning. Jeroboam, the first king of the ten tribes, was an Ephraimite. 
Joseph represents the ten tribes in general. They were in the hand of Ephraim, that is, under the government of Jeroboam. And I know I probably said that one wrong, too. It's J-E-R-O-B-O-A-M. And by joining them to one another, either by an appearance or in reality, Ezekiel was joining these two sticks so they would become one. They were different, but they he was making them one in in his hand. His fist is going to clench and grasp both of those Jeroboam. Oh, thank you, little red. Jeroboam. So he's going to grasp these sticks in his hand at the place where the two sticks meet. And it's going to look like he's ha have that he has one big long stick. Even though it's two, he's made them one. All right, so now we are. And they will no longer defile themselves with their idols or with their detestable things or with any of their transgressions, but I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned and will cleanse them and they will be my people and I will be their God. Go to Matthew 24. Okay, this is Matthew 24, 30 and 31. And then the sign of the and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory, and he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. I was supposed to read that on the other side. I had the note in the wrong place. I'm sorry. That goes, that scripture goes um, with 37, 9, actually. I just didn't have no more room on that side of the page to put the note there. Twenty-four, And my servant David will be king over them, and they will all have one shepherd, and they will walk in my ordinances and keep my statutes and observe them. And they shall live on the land that I gave to Jacob, my servant, in which your fathers lived, and they will live on it, they and their sons and their sons' sons forever. And David, my servant, shall be their prince forever. And I will make a covenant of peace with them. It will be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place 
them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in their midst forever. This right here is um, that covenant of peace with them, the everlasting covenant. That's the covenant of Jesus. Just a second, I'm looking up another scripture here. Yes, here it is. It's Jeremiah 33, verse 14 through 16. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will fulfill the good word which I have spoken concerning the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch of David to spring forth, and he shall execute just, justice and righteousness on the earth. In those days, Judah shall be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell in safety. And this is the name by which she shall be called, The Lord is our righteousness. Sorry, I had to get something to drink. And my servant David will be king over them, and they will have all one shepherd, and they will walk in my or okay, my ordinance and statutes. See, God is telling them all here that they're gonna have a savior. Their savior's coming. He's he's promising that he's gonna restore this. He's promised, you know, it's going to be of the branch of David, which Jesus was. Um, it's stated also about my servant David being their prince forever in Isaiah 55, 3 and 4, Jeremiah 38 and 9, and Hosea 3, 5. Sorry, my dog's got a lot of noise going on here. Hold on. Okay, I think she's done now. Nope. This song right here reminds me, the Psalm 91, at this section about his promise. I just had to play it. It's great. You dwell 
shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge even the most high your dwelling place no evil shall befall you nor shall any plague come near your dwelling for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways Their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him 
With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with feathers and under his wings shall you take refuge. Oh, he shall cover you with feathers and under his wings shall you take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right shall not come near you. Oh, that was a happy birthday song after that, huh? On my playlist. So that, the song... That that one is just ninety Psalm ninety one. That's my that's the armor of God and well not the armor of God. That one just it's it gives you hope and it tells you, you know, with God there's nobody, nothing against that can stand against us. Nothing has any power over us. And with these verses in 24 through 28 of the chapter 37 that's saying you know that's what god is saying to us to his people <clears throat> sorry and my servant david will be king over them and they will all have one shepherd and they will walk in my ordinances and keep my statutes and observe them and they shall live on the land which i gave to jacob my servant in which your fathers lived and they will live on it they and their sons and their sons sons forever and david my servant shall be their prince forever and i will make a covenant of peace with them it will be an everlasting covenant with them and i will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in their midst forever my dwelling place also will be with them and i will be their god and they will be my people and all the and the nations will know that I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forever. I'm gonna go to Hebrews for a second. Okay, I am going into Hebrews twelve. No, thirteen. Hebrews 13, 20. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord. God has brought up from the dead many. 
We have to keep faith, just like Hebrews 11, 1 says, which I'll go to that one as well. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. There's, there's power in the Word of God. There's power in the Holy Spirit. There's power in Jesus Christ. If we surrender and submit ourselves to Him, He will work within us to, to fulfill all the things that He has promised. He has never given a promise that he's not kept. He created us, you know, each of us, even now for this time to be in this place, to be able to speak life into others and not speak death, to be able to give others hope, to be able to help one another, to discuss different um, scriptures with one another, just like this fellowship here. Not to proclaim that we are right because we are nothing without him. But to rather discuss and learn and grow. And if we have differences of opinions or differences in, in interpretations, well, we, we allow that to happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. We allow those differences, but we, are the we know that we are the body of Christ. You know, we all have that commonality. We don't have to have anything else in common but the fact that we all believe in Jesus. And that right there is all we need. We need to be careful and be more aware of how we use our words, what we say, how we act, because Jesus is with us all the time. Do we want Jesus witnessing us acting this way? Thumper is thumping again. I've nicknamed Gabby Thumper. She doesn't have fleas, but she's got a skin irritation or something right now. And so she scratches and it sounds like Thumper. But God wants us to, to be able to grow. And I think that's what Mary Magdalene understood. You know, she, she was, uh, you know, one that really listened to the word of God and listened to what Jesus was telling her and was able to know that you know hey I, I don't need to hold on to this he said I was free from this so I'm free and yet you know and, and many of the other disciples did as well but many held on to other things and we have to once we give it to God we have to leave it at God's feet we can't pick it back up again why do you want to give God some baggage that you want to just carry again why do you want to take that load with you? Why do you want to have an extra 50 pounds of of burdensome weight on you that you've given to God, but decided you wanted to carry it some more that I guess you figured God couldn't do it? No. No, we have to get past that. We have to realize that God is going to carry us through. We just have to speak it to him. And with that, I'm going to I'm going to go into prayer in just a moment. Um, since that wraps up chapter 37, um, we are going to wait until the new year to pick up chapter 38 because it's lengthy. Um, it's, you know, the prophecy of Gog and the future invasion of Israel. And I want to be able to give it the time that it needs without separating it with um, Christmas coming up and the New Year's. I, it would just be better if we can pick that one back up to where we have some more time because it's going to, we'll probably be, 
at least I know at least a week on that one because it's we're only on on Monday and Thursday at 11 a.m. So for an hour, so it's going to take us a little while to get through that. I've got um, paperback patriots going to come on and uh, discuss with us some of um, what she has gathered from the chapter. And Mila was going to, I don't know if she still is or not now. Um, but we're going to, you know, and just getting through the scripture. So I'd say it's probably going to take about two weeks, to be honest, four, four good days on it. And I would rather pick that up after the new year. Um, but what I will do is Thursday we'll have a show. Um, and what we'll do on this show is, I think we'll have a show. I'm pretty certain. I don't. No, Thursday we will not have a show. I have a doctor's appointment that morning. But I will try to see about getting something going in between. Um, if not, I will. Uh, you may see a pop-up show because I have a few things that God's laid on my heart to, to talk about with how we need to be more careful with choosing our words and in holding our tongue. And so, um, I want to get that in, um, but it's with that doctor's appointment. I may be able to do it later that day. Well, that ambulance guy was nice. I muted y'all, so that way it would um, not be so loud. But so, um, and then next Monday is a week from today is Christmas. So, I know I won't have an episode that day. Um, I may be back the 28th. I've got to see when Caitlin's coming to visit too. I'm sorry, guys. It's busy time. There'll be pop-up shows. So it won't be completely a void, but it's going to be, be pop-up and maybe some, um, just some fun trivia stuff after we discuss, you know, how we can use our words. So, um, and Mary Ollie, and I'm doing okay. I, I'm here. I just, I'm giving it all to God every day and, and pushing on. And thank you, Little Red, uh, for keeping a lookout. I'll get it posted. It just may be very sporadic for the next, um, at least the next week, week and a half. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and go into prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful family that you've brought together online oh Beth we sure will do you want me to put that on a coffee and Jesus prayer too Okay, I will. Does anybody else have any prayer requests? I should have asked that to start with. <laughs> Hear me, thank you.
I'll keep a check on the screen if anybody has one. Um, oh, go ahead and go. Sorry. Heavenly Father, thank you for this space of fellowship and worship that you've brought us all together in. Uh, Lord, it's just beautiful to be able to have a place to to discuss your word and to to have fellowship with one another, to be able to pray with one another and for one another and and be able to grow in our walk together. Um, being able to just learn learn different ways that you speak to each all uh, to each of us, Father. You you know what, you may speak to my heart, you speak something different to someone else's and it's so beautiful um how how you work in that way and and lord how you you give the holy spirit the breath of life into each of us that you you've risen us all from the dead we've all been resurrected um just like christ was you know we we're not empty shells anymore but instead we're filled with the the, the blood of jesus and the holy spirit and Lord, we just pray that that you use us to to do your work, to to bring glory to your name and to bring others closer to Jesus. Use us, Father, to to help heal the sick and and help just share the gospel of the good news. And Lord, we lift up our sister in Christ Beth. Um for her and her family as they're mourning the loss of her dad um, she had moved her parents to be close to her and her father died a few weeks later um, and lord with her brothers her brothers just in in the anger except in the anger part of the stages of grief the denial the anger the depression the bargaining Father God, we we know that you know those those things come because of something that we're holding on to that we regret or or something that we just we just don't want to to accept and and to give to you, Lord. So I pray whatever is going on with her brother, um, that he he give it to you, Lord, that he doesn't take it out on Beth that that her family are, is able to celebrate the life of her father and, and and celebrate the time that they had with him and cherish the fact that they are that he's with you father and and that lord that that if he was not saved in his last days lord we we pray now for for your acceptance of him for for his life lord and and because we don't want there's no souls that should be lost anywhere and i don't know exactly where he stood but but father i know that that you know and and that you have the power to to restore so father restore this family restore these lives restore us all lord Revive us in the, in the Holy Spirit. Revive us in your message right now, especially, you know, as I don't know exactly if December 25th was the day that Jesus was born. It likely wasn't in the winter. Um, 
it likely was, you know, depending on how you look at the calendar, if it was a 13-month calendar or what, Lord. But as, you know, as we have that one day that we do celebrate um, officially on a calendar, Jesus' birth, Lord, remind us of what that husband and wife endured to to get to the stable, to give birth in those in 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 that place, Lord, and and for all of those that came to be witnesses of Christ's birth, that gave us the message of His birth, Lord, we just we we praise you for for giving us that life, that that new life of Jesus, that that redeeming life and giving us the grace and mercy that we may be forgiven, that we may be risen from the dead and and have that new life in us, Lord, that that we can go out and, and tell our friends and family, the ones that we care about, that we love them and, and we pray for them. And, Lord, it's not of, of anything that you can hold, but just something that comes within your heart. Not anything you can see, but things that you you feel. And Lord, that's that's what's so amazing uh, about the gift of life and the gift of grace. That we can't see it, but we know it's there. Lord, there's there's things that we'll never see, but we know it's there, and we know its presence is there. And for Lord, those that can't see it yet, I just I pray that you use someone here listening now listening later use them to or use us to to go out and 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 preach a word that that resonates because lord that that's what you want you you use us to to help somebody else get closer to to keep them from being in darkness emptiness just dry bones lord and and put those the breath of life into them lord just it's a beautiful thing an amazing thing God, we're we're praying for any of those that are sick. For my sister, paperback patriot, who's who's going through some things at home and with life and being in China, Canada, it's it's a cold, harsh winter up there. And you know, as people down here in the south, we we gripe and complain sometimes when it gets around forty degrees or fifty degrees. But Lord, there's people that's got it worse off just like little red reminded me of last night how how we have so much abundance of food here in these western countries that that we can go and choose so many different things yet there's many people that that don't get to choose all those so lord may we all be thankful and grateful and blessed by what you've given us and lord if there's something that we're in need of lord i just pray that whatever that need is that they seek you father that they they give it to you, God, and that you will, we know you will work it out. You know that you will, you give us all that we need. It may not be what we want, but you give us what we need. So, Lord, I I pray that if anybody is in need today, that they they speak out and they reach out and, and just ask you for that, Lord. Be it not in in money or or whatever it may be, but from the heart, just speaking what they need, specifically what they need. Lord, because you know it. You know that need in each of our hearts, that need in each of our lives. So, Lord, I just pray that whatever need we have, we'll we'll be able to 
not try to take it on with our flesh, but give it to you, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for, for all that you've given us, the many blessings in our life. It's beautiful that you have so freely, constantly given us your great father. And we are so blessed by you, Lord. Thank you for giving us the best gift of all, which is Jesus. And it's in his name I proclaim and pray. Amen. Well, that was good. Guys, I thank you all for being here with me today. And um, the ones listening later, thank you. Um, I've seen that there's been a lot more listening later um, than in the live, and that is so appreciated. I just, I, I will get this up right after. I probably won't have all of the scriptures on there, but it will be on there. And with that, I'm going to leave you with Lindsay Sterling, Oh Holy Night. Have a blessed day. Love you guys. And Merry Christmas. I was one way. Now I am completely different. And the thing that happened in between was him. <laughs>